Welcome to episode 18 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and today with me on the couch, I got my stunning co-host, Matt Mueller. Wow, what a nice compliment. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Hey. And because we need him for his expertise today, we have brought our own turn-up Charlie to the couch. Oh, I see what Charlie you did Ridgely. There. I see what you did there. Yeah, I compared like you that. to Idris Elba, which, yeah, is, which is great. The it's greatest, the best compliment I will ever I don't think it's ever going to get better than that for you, so just take that compliment. Yeah. <laughs> I, no one compliment me ever again because it's not going to get it's very better true. than that. You can't get higher than you yourself. I'm good now. All right. <laughs> now that we got Turn Up Charlie here, today we are going to be talking about some new Star Wars Episode Nine character leaks that uh, hit the internet and uh, told us a few interesting things. We're going to talk about Avengers Endgame, which is getting an early opening and why that might be a big threat for Marvel fans. We're also going to talk about Jordan Peele's universe because he's got a lot going on including discussing all the many spoilers and head trips of his new horror film, Us, and do a review of his new upcoming reboot of The Twilight Zone, which will be hitting CBS Access next week. And to top it all off, Charlie's going to take us through a review of Disney's live-action Dumbo. So, let's get started. All right, so up first, we got the news today, guys, that uh, Avengers Endgame is going to be opening in China two days early which would be April 24th, which is, uh, as of Monday, that'll be, I mean, Monday is, will yeah. be April 1st, so just weeks away yep. from this happening. But this is kind of a big deal to me, and the reason I put it on here and wanted to discuss with you guys is this was supposed to be a global, simultaneous launch, right, for one of the most secretive films <laughs> of all time, and we were just on here talking about the three-hour runtime and how it was so great because we knew so little about this film that... We were all going to get to experience it and and drinking. Yeah, I was really excited about it. Not so excited right now. I'm a little, I'm a little, I wouldn't say scared. We'll throw out a big word like trepidatious and and that's one. And I, yeah, I can nail the big words. Just give me a small one. I'll I'll F that all up. But uh, yeah, because I feel like now the internet, two days before we all or most of the world gets, I mean, it, it doesn't affect us necessarily. We'll probably have a screening that takes place sometime that week before then. But for the rest of the people in the world, like, you know, wherever this film pops into theaters, the spoilers are going to be flooding the internet. And not just spoilers, but probably some bootlegs, some all kinds of stuff will be hitting the internet. And so that last, and it's just like, in this case, it's like the last two, 48 hours People are now going to, what, have to go into, like, a total social media blackout hole, which, I mean, personally, if you're a Marvel fan, I recommend you do that. Just swear and also, people off people have gotten it. pretty good now. Like, there's plugins and all kinds of stuff that will hide certain keywords. And, yeah. Like, yeah. People have gotten pretty professional at it. Yeah, censoring themselves, but it's just, like, it's a hassle. It I wish that you have to. I wish that they had just stuck to the... Did they say why? Well, no, I mean, I mean the, the the Chinese movie release schedule is different than ours yeah. okay. to begin with, and also, I mean, when you think about it, it's opening the twenty fourth, which is going to be like the we it say it says we open the twenty fourth, the twenty sixth here, but it's really the twenty fifth. I don't like I don't know if China has do they have the Thursday night things like uh, Thursday preview or like it won't sure. be Thursday, but I don't know if they have early preview night. Um, and you know, social media is not as probably they have different social media networks than yeah. we do here, and so I think it's not quite as big of a deal. I mean, China's not as big of, it's not, you know, it's a huge box office, but it's it's not, I don't think it's the social media presence from that that it would have. And I hear what you're saying, but I always remember my my credence, which is, it just takes one troll. 
Yeah, hundred percent. It only <laughs> takes one troll. Yeah, just that's, one. That's true. But it, I mean, it is a bummer though. I yeah. think there's so many people fighting against spoilers for this. Like, this is like the most unified people have been against. Like, don't tell us anything and let us see this movie. I think that there'll be enough like against someone like that that it'll kind of get shut down pretty quick. Now they'll be out there for right. people to see, but I feel like more and more with every single, especially with like superhero movies over the mm. last few. Every single one, I see less and less of. We're putting the giant spoiler in the in the image, sh- shoving it on there. Like most times, they get taken down pretty right. quickly. They get thrown aside by fans just saying like, "No, no, no, we don't want to see this. Like, take this stuff down." So I don't know if it'll affect this kind of people. Like you said, it doesn't really affect us much, but it is a bummer that so close they couldn't just. You guys are way more it. optimistic than I am, and I guess. That's not a surprise for any of us, but like, who would have thought? No, I know, but uh, I mean, I just don't see it. I see, I see. I mean, there's the way the kind of global marketplace is now. It, it's hard to imagine there's not going to be one person who has mastery of both the Chinese language and English, and is going to be like, see this movie and just go right from a theater to Reddit because they're. I mean, we're expecting major impassioned reactions. It's not just the purposeful trolling I'm talking about in this case, I'm worried because the reactions are going to be so purposeful, like are so impassioned that just anything could set you off. Like if somebody in like the Chinese market comes in, it's just pointing a thing that says Chris Evans and, you know, 16 crying face emojis. Like that's already, we're already like, that's how fragile it is. You know what I mean? I, I get that. But there's also, yeah. been, like you said, there's going to be press conferences earlier than that, like or, um, uh, press screenings earlier than that. And like, there are, there are trolls in our industry too. And so like, it could, all it takes is one person to sneak into one of those or some person with a, so you don't think a, like threat level is even any greater. I don't think it's any here, greater now than domestic and abroad. The threat level is the same. But, I mean, just like it was for infinity war. I think that, you know, there were spoilers that got online, mm-hmm. but it was, it was from someone who was at an early screening. And I mean, the Captain the movie, Marvel so. end credit scene was online. Literally, the yeah. night of, right? I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so risk we always run, and yeah. I think that it's not much bigger in this yeah. in this scenario than normal. All right, well, I'm gonna keep worrying. You guys seem positive. <laughs> Worry for us. And yes. You need the yin and yang. You and need all of our comic book nation fans out there. Just be aware of what's happening, yeah, and be aware yeah. to stay off social media, which you should do in general. Leading up to this, probably, we're just in but, general uh, period. Yeah, I mean, I would say in general, period. But uh, as you watch this on Facebook, that, yeah, I know, right? Barring that, uh, yeah, just put your browser straight to comicbook.com, and that's about it. And uh, Twitter, just keep it all blocked out except for that hashtag comicbooknation. But all right, all right. So you guys are kind of filling me with a little hope. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a deep Yay. breath, relax. And we're gonna move on, and we're gonna talk about Star Wars Episode Nine. So. The other big movie this year that is draped in so much secrecy Ooh. that, like, we don't even... This one, we don't even have a title for yet. So, I mean, Star Wars Celebration's coming up. We're expecting to get a lot of this. And so it's not, like, it's not totally surprising that we're getting a couple leaks right now. And what happened was some licensing art went out. It's always licensing yeah. art. Yeah, the merch, man. The merch spoils it's always it all. That. Spoils it all. The merch, uh, so the licensing art was going out for episode nine, and it showed us a kind of a poster uh, or a poster-like design, plus a bunch of character images, and in doing so, it kind of raised a lot of questions, tapped a few rumors that we've been hearing, 
and gave us some, some first look insights that were pretty exciting. So we're going to run through these just really quick. So the first thing, let's start with the big stuff. Okay, so we got this poster, and you can't see it on the site because uh, a certain uh, mouse-led corporation doesn't want this stuff out there. Understandably. Understandably. So, and we yeah. didn't even post it. They don't even want any of the information out there. So we, uh, it, may, it may have appeared on our site at one point. It may not. Yeah. I won't Who say. Knows? But uh, it's not there, but you can look on Making Star Wars, one of the rare times we'll ever shout out another website, but uh, Making Star Wars has a good breakdown of all this. Search and, Star Wars on Twitter. You'll, you'll Yeah, if you search Star Wars on Twitter. See. But yes. I like to send them somewhere. Who knows? First they row of Google Images. Because you don't know, but there are some not safe for work sites out there. You have to be careful. Um, hmm. <laughs> that, took a, that took a turn. That's such, a, that's such an inside joke. <laughs> yeah, I know. It is an inside joke. It is an inside joke, but not everybody's aware of that. Oh, jeez. Um, but, uh, yeah, but we did get uh, some uh, – I don't mention names for legal reasons. But, uh, oh. yeah, we did get looks at some new characters and two female characters that are going to be joining. Um, Zori, who is a character we see is in a red kind of jumpsuit with gold trimmings and has this crazy rocketeer helmet and a blaster. And we don't have it confirmed, but it's expected that this will be the character played by Carrie Russell mm. of Felicity and the Americans fame, uh, who's joining the Star Wars universe with this film. And we've Ooh, all been kind of wondering who she is going to be. Because even though Carrie Russell's really petite, if you've ever seen her in real life, like if you've seen the American, the Americans, like she Dawn did. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. But the Americans specifically, yeah. because in that show, she did, she did action. Right. Like, and she was, like, cut. Like, I mean, she got really cut. She's a great dramatic actress, did some physical stuff. So if this is some kind of, like, warrior or bounty hunter character or something like that, this looks really cool. I think she was the most interesting character I saw. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of looking forward to learning more about... Has the potential to sell a lot of figures. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like If a, they don't yeah. Captain Phasma her. We don't know anything yes. about her. We don't know anything about her <laughs> yeah. yet. But You did not see Captain Phasma die, okay? No, I, but I will I'm saying, stand by that. I'm saying, though, the... I, because we didn't get to see her do enough, so it's like it was. It took okay, this really but cool design, after, but after and made two, her yeah, generic. And you're talking about selling merch, like Captain Phasma sold a lot. I'm saying, but if she merch. actually does, yeah, she'll something, get her own solo comic yeah. or something. But like, yeah, I mean, if she actually does something, is a she'll, big it'll sell a caveat bit. that you should put in there. Hey, nearly 20 episodes <laughs> in, I'm learning. <laughs> All right, but uh, yeah, but she cool looks cool. I mean, she gives off a, a kind of a female Boba Fett vibe. Yeah, and yeah. that's just saying that is enough to sell some toys. Yep. <laughs> next, to add some color, we have Naomi Aki as Janna, who is kind of a new human character, or or humanoid. You never know in Star Wars, but like a new human character. She's really cool. She has kind of like a Wakanda vibe to her, and she carries a bow and arrow, which is like the big thing about her character is she's a Star Wars character with a bow and arrow. Like Hawkeye from Wakanda. Yeah, in it's Star Hawkeye Wars. from Wakanda. Rock and roll. They were like, we could do this Marvel yeah. stuff. Yeah, they were absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. So she looked pretty cool too. Um, but those were the new characters. But I want to talk about the stuff we already know because that was some of the juicier stuff to me. This poster was your usual Star Wars slash Marvel kind of Photoshop stack design, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But it had an interesting note in the sense that we see Kylo Ren in the forefront and he has his helmet, and it's all kind of... He has his helmet back on again. It's all sealed up with his red kind of, like, adhesive. We see the Knights of Ren for, like, probably the first time in yeah, the most detail big. as a group huddled around at his, like, lower backside. We see stormtroopers from the First Order, but then in the forefront, there's a new kind of stormtroopers who are all doused in this kind of red color, right? And, 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 and they, they, were, they were, just to point out, they were very different than... 
the guards in yeah, The Last yeah. Jedi. They were complete like red stormtroopers. Yeah, this is something different. And the reason this is so interesting is that it touches back to rumors that we've been talking about for the last few months that you know some credible sites have been putting out, like making Star Wars, that Episode Nine will actually kind of open up things and introduce a new threat to the universe, in a sense. And the rumor had it that the Knights of Ren would finally be coming into the picture mm-hmm. for this one, but not quite in the way that they expect. Like Either they would be back and be kind of bringing this portent of doom from wherever they've been, like searching the Outer Rims for some Sith or whatever they've been looking for, some power source or something, and they found something that now threatens the galaxy and they come back with this you know, crazy warning, or that they've gone out and been kind of corrupted or changed in some way and they come back and they're not down with who Kylo Ren is now and this First Order thing, and there's kind of an upset in the power balance of that group with even somebody possibly else being... Like a mutiny. Yeah, like a mutiny, where they've either gotten new powers or serving a new master, and they themselves will be a new threat that even that Kylo Ren will have to face, these kind of monsters he created. Either way, I don't know anything solid about that, but that all sounds really cool to me. Yeah, that sounds good. And the fact that we now have this poster with this kind of prominent image of the Knights of Ren and what looks like it could be different factions on the villain side, you know, it's sparking my curiosity and and really kind of gets me going about this. And and I think, yeah, I'm getting more and more excited for Episode Nine, and I really want to see what's going to happen at a Star Wars Celebration this yeah. month. There's, there's so much that could happen there, and I think you... You're talking about like those factions and those villains, and I really like the idea you brought up of of having the Knights of Ren kind of do uh, at some be, have, having been done something somewhere else, and then coming like we don't know what their story is from the time they left Kylo to the time they, time they return. Because what we got to remember is like this is the last it's supposed to be the last Skywalker saga movie. Yeah, I think they want to stick to that, but we also know that Disney is not going to just not make more Star Wars movies. And, you know, with, with kind of a, what Solo didn't do, um, they have to find new and exciting directions to take this franchise. And I think that if, you know, Star Wars Episode Nine is a hit, if it can introduce a lot of threads to stories that can be built, then that's, uh, you know, a good way for that to go. And, you know, if you have those Knights of Ren introduced, if all this time they've been gone, you've got story to be told in yeah. there that people are interested in because of Episode Nine. And that's what I'm kind of interested in, like, to end the Skywalker saga in this one, all you have to do is get rid of Kylo Ren or just end his story in some way. Right. Like, either he doesn't make it out, he sacrifices himself, or he's just done after this. But between Last Jedi and what we're hearing about this, you know, you have these ideas that, you know, now these new Force user heroes can be anybody. And now there could be this new threat in the galaxy. And that's basically just resetting the stage for the next for the next yeah. trilogy. era. Right. Yeah. And possibly even like what Ryan Johnson's been working on or whatever. And man, can I say I would love to see Ryan Johnson get a hold of the Knights of Ren? Yeah, I mean, so I would, would love I. love to see I'm what he it. would do with it. Yeah, exactly. And I would totally like to see something like that. But um, yeah, so we're going to keep you uh, posted. Our Star Wars guys are going to be hard at work this month. I'm sure we all are as because we're going to start getting some Episode Nine details. I feel it in my bones. When the merch starts appearing, you know it's going to happen, yep. buddy. Get ah! a collectible pump. I mean, with, with, within, within two Wars weeks, rage, within know? a two-week span, we're going to get the details from Episode Nine, most likely, probably a, a trailer, maybe at Celebration, something big from Episode Nine, and then Avengers Endgame. 
Like all and Game span. of Thrones will be happening as this At all happens. Time. So now, last time around, didn't they do a teaser? It was like a teaser trailer, right? Yeah. At celebration. Yeah, it was about what a minute and a half. Which so I yeah. remember causing so much ruckus in our office. That was one of the only times we like our whole office was stopped doing the same thing. I remember like we had it on all one, of, one of the, the TVs <laughs> and we all yeah. were just and the frozen. Argument, and the argument of it's a teaser. It's not supposed to be a trailer. Like because there was this that huge was debate. Yeah, that was good. Oh yeah. Gosh, man. So, almost here. Yeah, almost here again. All right. Yay. Can't wait to get at each other's throats again. Man. <laughs> That's fun. All right. Well, we'll you can find out, uh, like we said, you can't find it on our site right now, but you can find out more details about these new Star Wars leaks if you uh, search around the internet, search for those search uh, safer work sites like Making Star Wars and avoid the uh, darker portions. All right. Stay tuned because when we come back, we're going to dive deep into the Jordan Peele universe to discuss spoilers about us and go through what the new Twilight Zone is all about, and we will talk about what Disney's live-action Dumbo is bringing to the table this weekend. All right, so last time on here, we I gave my rundown of Us, Jordan Peele's new horror film, and we talked about it, but it was just more to let you guys in Comic Book Nation know whether you guys should go out and see the film and do that, and we had a pretty glow, I mean, I had a glowing review, I gave it a five out of five stars, I wish we had four and a half stars here, but we, they don't offer that, <laughs> our graphics department does not offer that, so, I gave it five out of five, but, you know, in the week, in approaching the week since it's been out, I stand by that, because Us mm. has really, I mean, it's a, it's a hit, it made big money for a R-rated original horror movie, but more importantly, it's got, it's been breaking people's brains left and right, and it's gotten people talking, is inspired, so much fan theory and analysis and all the stuff that, personally speaking, I love about film and cinema that I feel is, you know, missing too much these days. Like, now it's just all like, ah, oh, did you spot that Easter egg? Like, or that callback? And it's like, yeah, okay, I know. I love that stuff, too. But, like, yeah, things that make you think and have people, like, coming up with just entire essays. It's been super interesting to read in the week since. So I thought we talk a little bit about some spoilers about the end of us and the meaning, and all that stuff. So, if you have not seen us, please skip this portion of the podcast until you do. We're probably going to take about five or six minutes to talk about this. Come back in. We have some great stuff to talk about. Twilight Resume. Uh, Twilight Zoom, Resume. <laughs> the Twilight Zone and Dumbo. So, final warning. We're going to be talking about spoilers for us. Spoiler alert! All right, so... Yeah, the ending of this film is where I want to start, and that's the, been the biggest thing to me. Um, there's been a lot of people who, I love film Twitter and the fake intellectual Roddy out there who were like, oh, this is such a good film, I liked it, I didn't love it, but the ending, I don't, I don't think it, 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 nail, it messes the ending. And it's like, man, I, don't, I, I usually let people have whatever opinions of a film they want, I just loved your impression. Uh, I just tried to <laughs> do a, a face composite. I have never seen you make. It's like a composite of all of film Twitter. Um, oh my God. But uh, like, usually <laughs> I let people have their opinions because movies are supposed to be open to interpretation. But in this case, I think there's something crucial to say, which is like, if you don't really process or get the ending of Us, it, it kind of, you will miss a lot of the movie, I think, and a lot of the deeper kind of sociopolitical yeah. message. So let's talk about that. Basically, Us, you learn that. Lupita Nyong'o's character, Aladale, or Adelaide. Adelaide. Uh, I've been <laughs> Adelaide. writing it, Aladale. I've been writing it like I, I just keep getting so. It's a, it is, I'm about to curse. It is a weird oh. name. Oh. It is like a Chris Nolan movie name, okay? Just trying to write this. Adelaide? Adelaide, yeah. 
I've never met someone named Adelaide. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> but her character, Lupita Nyong'o's character, Adelaide, goes into this climactic showdown with her doppelganger, whose name is Red, who is uniquely intelligent among these kind of mm. evil doppelgangers called the Tethered that she leads. Um, and the big reveal of the movie is that the scene that opens the movie shows young Adelaide uh, at uh, Santa Cruz Beach with her parents. She wanders off. She wanders into this hall of mirrors where she comes face-to-face -face with her doppelganger who reaches out and grabs her around the throat, and that's all we see in the beginning of the movie. Or no, we just we see, see, her making, see the throat. We just yeah, see, we see her making a, horror, uh, like a horrified face, and then it cuts to black. The reveal at the end of the movie is, in the climactic thing, is that what actually happened in this moment is the doppelganger chokes her until she passes out, and the Hall of Mirrors was actually kind of one of the passageways down to these tunnels where this government experiment had created these kind of doppelgangers to try to control human beings, but they couldn't make them have souls, and so they just were left them down there wandering and, and eating live rabbits and just kind of living this horrific existence. Adelaide and her double were connected in some kind of way, so the double realizes she's there, goes upstairs, chokes her out, drags her downstairs, takes her clothes, chains her to a, handcuffs her to a bed, and takes her place, essentially. And goes in and, like, fools her parents, takes her place, and begins to live life on the surface world. Now, the trick of this is that the tethered are kind of, like, disturbed. They don't have all the facilities of a human. Like, they, they, you know they're different. And her parents knew she was different because through the movie we keep getting these flashbacks to her as a kid. And after this seemingly traumatic experience, it, it looks like she has post-traumatic stress disorder and her parents had to take her to a therapist because she wouldn't talk anymore. And you're, and you're wondering, like, what happened to this girl? And she learns to dance as a form of expression to kind of communicate and, and express herself. And then over time kind of learned and kind of gradually moved away from this trauma and became a person. But really what you learned is, no, this was a tethered who was masquerading as a human who had to, who didn't know how to talk or do and any of these things and had to learn it over time and fake it because she wanted a better life. And, and it's a sociopolitical message about haves and have nots. You know, this is a class warfare thing. The tethered are this forgotten class of like, you, you might call them homeless people or illegal immigrants yeah. or whatever it is. And one of them made the crossing and she didn't want to lose this life. And at the end, the last scene of the movie, after you get all these flashbacks, and this is the point of debate, some people think that Adelaide remembers all this stuff as she's fighting her double, and it's a realization to her. I disagree. The last scene is her and her son in the cabin of the car, and he had been kind of locked in a locker while the, he, she and the double are fighting. He kind of, you know, is looking at her as she's remembering, like, all the, re you know, the truth about her and her real identity. And she turns to him and gives him, like, this kind of knowing, and it's like, I mean, only Lupita Nyong'o could do this so perfectly, but like this perfect smile that could be like a mother's smile or a sinister smile or a combination of you both. Know, yeah. And a kid who wears this monster mask throughout the whole movie as a whole metaphor, pulls it down over his face, and it's just like, okay, like this is who we are. My whole takeaway was that, yeah, she is complicit in this. That if you were to watch us again, you'll be watching the story of a woman who snuck her way into this life and is trying to protect it as the person she stole it from is coming to take it back. And that's a very big kind of distinction because I think it makes the whole movie work in a sense and it makes it the point of the movie work where you have to watch it again and it plays this trick because the whole point is thinking, we're the good guys. These others are the bad guys. And that's how we see the world. And us takes you through the process of realizing like, no, the we in this sense is is actually the villain is actually the bad guy, and 
the others the other is actually a really wronged person who's trying to get justice in this kind of warped twisted way and like nobody's completely good nobody's completely bad but it's a very important message about the kind of socio-political meaning and how it ties back to now in our whole divided society and how we see each other and our impressions of each other and I think that's important and I think if you don't get that and if you just think it's a horror movie with a trick gimmick reveal at the end you're missing the point of the movie but you're also robbing Jordan Peele of the sophistication 100% that he put into this movie yeah. and I think that's really important, and I still have to go back and see it again because this is a movie I want to see like two or three yeah. more times. But I just wanted to kind of come and discuss that. Well, I think mean, just like you said, like once you know that reveal at the end, the whole movie will play differently because you know who you're watching now. Yeah, yeah. and 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 you know you hit the nail on the head when you said like none of them, there is no bad guy. When you really like look back at it, you know Adelaide and Red are switched, and you know the Red who was pretending to be Adelaide the whole movie, she wasn't, I mean, she did something as, as a, a young girl that it wasn't necessarily wrong, but it was like, you know, she was down and had a terrible life for no reason other than that's just how she was made. And she had that because the girl that looked like her got the advantages and she switched. And, you know, you can call that evil or wrong or whatever, but then once that happens, no one is the bad guy. Like, like she, for being hidden the whole time, she wasn't, evil or bad in that sense she was trying to get ahead and there's the whole message of like every time you take a step ahead you're pushing someone else down and you know they had that that dynamic going the entire time when one of them you know wanted to get ahead in a way it could only result in the person that looked just like them and the person that had the same situation as them being killed or pushed down and so you know it, it doesn't change the movie for me in that way of you know, it's not like oh wow she was the bad guy the whole time and that's what makes the reveal, reveal with the son so interesting is he he realizes it and he sees her and he's worried about it but he also doesn't say anything you know he pulls the mask down because he's like that's what he does when he's been scared and he he's scared but also like you're sitting there oh she's the bad guy but it's like no she's she's still been his mom the entire time there was no point where she like she gave birth to him she is still his mother she's still the good guy, good person, good woman that he thought her to be. She he just didn't know where she came from. Yeah, and, and I think there's and there's even deeper ties to him in that mask and the whole thing about him, the kid uh Jason, I think his name is. Mm -hmm. And basically, yeah, he pulls it on when he's scared, but it's also kind of a metaphor for him being an outsider. Right. Which the movie subtly kind of weaves in that when they're on the beach in the first thing and the and the two kind of white girls that they're family friends with say like your brother's a freak and like he doesn't know anything. He doesn't. He does. He's almost like part. I mean, he is part tethered, but he never is kind of like fully open. He doesn't understand hip hop. He doesn't or like music and stuff like that. He doesn't understand socialization and kind of making friends and all that stuff. And he literally feels like a monster or an outsider or a freak. Oh, and, and that and kind of, that. of thing at the end. And I have to see it again because people have said like, if you look over her shoulder in the car, you'll see his double in the window, like the reflection. Yeah, which I don't. Yeah, I don't know about that. I have to see it again. Yeah. But but there is a connection made that he realizes, like, yeah, him and Pluto are, his double are are very connected and that right. he is, like, part monster. And that's probably, and it's a very affirming moment for him in a way because now he knows he why. He understands why yeah. he's the way yeah. he is. Yeah, because yeah, it's also been, a, they didn't directly address the dynamic, but it was kind of make clear through the way the relationships were that like he was very much a mama's boy that him and he connected to his mom so well while the daughter Zora I think was her name yeah. she connected really well to the dad because she was kind of like sportsy and 
in touch and he was very like, I want to, you know, get ahead of, of the curve and buy the new thing. And what, like, and the son was very quiet, like Adelaide was. And, you know, when he was troubled, like she was the one that went to him and she was the one that talked to him and, and kind of like, you kind of get that. Okay. That like the strangeness of him kind of came from what was in her this entire time and kind of who she's been this entire time. And it's, it's really, so does, does this leave you then with a, because you, like you were saying, right, to get ahead, you have to push someone down. So this girl also lost her entire life and had to then right. live down here. So do they make a point? Well, she, she right, initiated of, the whole revolution to get back up there and take everything back over. Okay. But do they, I guess my thing is, do they make a, do they, do you guys read the way they present her in the movie as a compelling case for they actually make, like, you feel empathy for her? You feel sympathy? Well, this because... is the trick, and I think this is the trick about the ending. The first time you do it, you just see the others, these villains, these, like, these kind of, like, these things to be scared of. The trick of the movie is opening your eyes to your own kind of prejudice and the way you choose to kind of see things, because there are clear hints throughout the movie that what you're seeing isn't the case. Somebody's done, like, a compiling of like 29 things you didn't know that told you that like this was all going on. So you, so it was in front of your face. You just didn't see it. Now, when you go, it's almost like the movie forces you to watch the movie as your original self. And then as like this doppelganger of yourself that has new revelations in, in perspective. And now you have to see it again from this other angle. And that's kind of the trick of it. Because every moment from that, from watching it the second time, every single moment is completely different from what it was the first time. It's almost like you're watching it the opposite way because now you know what's really going on, and it changes every action that Adelaide makes, every decision she makes, yeah. every scene of the movie is structurally completely different because of who Adelaide really is. Yeah, and it's really good. And we're not—we've kind of dissected the ending. There's other great theories out there that I want you guys to check out if you—if you've been loving us. My favorite, one of my favorites, is like about the kids and because oh, the of their hybrid mm-hmm. nature, because. Each of the kids was born from Adelaide, who, who was a tethered, who got with a human man, and Red, who was a human, who got with a tethered man. And they both had these kids, and so the kids are hybrids. And so the whole point of the experiment was to try to create these clones that had souls, but they never could do it. But this theory breaks down that because these two children hybrid, these two sets of hybrid children were born, they mm. had a connected soul, which was the point of the experiment which meant they kind of fed into each other. And there's a lot of evidence in that throughout the movie. Um, the, the boy can control in him and his other do this mirroring thing where if he moves a certain way, his other moves like the you know, same way, but in yeah. the opposite direction. And that's used for a very important plot device. The girl, her, she's kind of like really checked out and in her phone all the time, but, and is a track runner, but her other is like wide-eyed and into everything and everywhere. But like at one key point in the movie, the, the, normal version, the sister has to kill somebody and she starts to, and then she just goes like wide eyed for the first so time, like, and just beats her like to death. And it's kind of played as a joke because it's this like prissy white girl. She had kind of had this tension with earlier in the movie. And it's kind of like this kind of racial joke, like I'm going to beat your white ass. But like, really it's because she's connected to her other in that. So that killer inside of her is, yeah, it's pop up. So there's all the kinds of stuff like that out there. I invite you guys to go check it out. Like I said, uh, we have stuff popping up on the site for us. Uh, you can look in, look into it. But also just go read the Reddit threads, man, because there's some great stuff out there that will help you get talking. All right, we're going to move on, and we're going to finish this day in a rare thing. We're going to let 
Charlie, turn up. And that's why we call him Turn Up Charlie, aside from, <laughs> uh, you know, infringing on uh, established TV shows. Charlie has two reviews for us this week yeah. that are pretty important. <laughs> on the small screen, we have Jordan Peele's next big project, his reboot of The Twilight Zone, which hits CBS Ac- All Access next week, starting yeah. on Monday. And he saw Dumbo for us in theaters, uh, Disney's new live-action Dumbo. And uh, he's going to take us through that, and I'm sure Matt has plenty of questions as one of our big Disney heads. Because um, Dumbo's, uh, not, I mean, is this the first, I mean, is this arguably the biggest stumble for the live-action Disney so far? I mean, if you're talking about live-action remakes yeah. of Disney classics, then I think it, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll get into it. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, because I, I, I don't think the movie's very good. Um, Box office isn't done yet, lot. though. Right, I, I think it's going to still, it's going to make enough money to warrant its existence because of the marketability of is it going to make Mary elephant. Poppins money, or is it going to make Beauty and the Beast money? It's going to make probably Mary Poppins money or less. Okay. I, this I, is a I Tim Burton think, film, right? Think. Yes, it's Which a Tim Burton. It's been film. downplayed a lot. So. Yeah, and it's it is definitely it doesn't feel quite like a Tim Burton movie for most of it. It, it. He's got more soul than Tim Burton showed since I mean, like since Big Fish. Like it's got a heart to it, but it has no direction has no idea where it wants to go at any point in the movie and it starts and it feels like it's going to be this big because me- it's going to have a big message you know and it starts the beginning it's all about um an outcast and how people that look like you really are no different than you um because like you know colin farrell comes home from war and like he only has one arm because he lost an arm in war and then his kids look at him like he's an alien it's really weird they're like uh, he's like it's still me guys but it's like it, it's just one arm. It's fine. And like Dumbo gets born, and they're like yelling at Dumbo. He's a monstrosity. They're like, how do we get rid of this thing? Because he has big ears. Like he's adorable. He just has big ears. Like it's gonna be fine. And they all freak out. <laughs> they all freak out. And and it's like, okay. But this is clearly about like the outcasts and about accepting others. And then it shifts like without any like any warning. It kind of shifts to a movie about family and about you know how you can a family can be made. It's not always blood. Like people who accept you and love you are your family and can be close. And and then by the end of it, it that's not even like what the ending talks about. The end the ending turns into something about animals in cages. And it's it's a very strange ending. I'm not gonna spoil it on here because the movie's about to come out. It's it's a very strange ending that I did I don't think so works. So is this with like Dumbo. the furthest departure from like the source animated? Yeah, hundred percent I mean unless you count Maleficent, which was like a prequel to Cinderella. Yeah. Um, that's unless not unless like you count that, direct. but you know yeah. And I mean, that's why I was excited for this movie was because, I mean, as pumped as I am for Aladdin and Lion King, they look amazing. They're going to be essentially shot for shot remakes with a little bit of difference from the animated films. Like we're going to know what's coming with these movies. Dumbo, the original movie is just over an hour long and it ends with him learning how to fly. It's, it's not, it's not a lot going on in that movie. And so this, I was so excited for Dumbo because it had the opportunity to expand and to do something completely different, something we didn't expect. The visuals, I mean, no matter how bad the structure of the, of the movie is, the visuals are very, very good. And it's like, it looks great. There's some really cool set pieces. I was like, this is going to be the movie that can really create something new from a Disney animated film. And it did that, but it it wasn't anything really awesome or really Man, very worth watching. It was, was struggling. It was a really, really oddly paced, oddly set up movie. The one thing I'll say is Colin Farrell is amazing. Yeah, people keep saying like, that. Like Colin Farrell's been getting a lot of love. He he cannot. It's it's hard for no matter what's happening around him. Like no matter how bad the script might be that he has, no matter how like the supporting actors are, are doing some different stuff. But like it's so hard for him not to give an earnest, awesome performance. And he's really really good. And every line he delivers, he sells. 
And with like that and how adorable Dumbo is and the really good BFX, like the scene when he's the clown with the, the fire, that scene is really, really Dumbo cool. does look amazing. It does look, yeah. Even though Pink Elephants was really disappointing. Really? I was waiting for this big, like, big, because you saw the, elef- the, the firefighter scene, and that scene was so grand and so fun, and then I'm like, I'm so stoked for Pink Elephants. Yeah. It's, and it's Tim Burton. Yeah. Pink Elephants going to be crazy. And it was like some balloons. Really? Like, like, like or not balloons, um, like bubbles. And then it was like, oh, and now it's over. Oh, that's. It was really lame. Really ah, get a good, I was really disappointed. If I can't get a good psychedelic adaptation from Tim Burton, what is the world all about? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a, who that, knew that um, uh, Guy right. Ritchie would deliver yeah. a trailer that's more true to form? And I, and I looked, I looked at yeah, the, the screenwriter. Right? I don't want to call anybody out, but the screenwriter is the same guy who wrote uh, three of the Transformers movies. Like, not the first one. And uh, not uh, I was going to ask. Like, so first one was like, like, it was like Dark of the Moon his name and Age of Extinction. Does Ethan? Um, I don't know if it rhymes with Ethan, but it looks like Ethan when it's written. Um, I said Beefin. I was trying to keep it Oh, no, 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 it's, uh, (laughs) no, Aaron Kruger's screenwriter's name. Um, Oh, um, that's right. He, uh, it just. That's disappointing. It did not, it it lined up with the the previous work that I've seen from that screenwriter. But Dumbo was also, honestly, Dumbo was also the move, the remake that I was looking forward to least. Yeah, I mean. That movie, it it itself is so. It's fine. It's, it's just yeah, a, I'm, I'm I mean, not an original Dumbo fan. It's yeah, 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 I'm not was a big I. Fan it's of weird. It's weird with the crows. It's weird with the whole mess. There are no racist animals, crows man. in this movie. Oh yay! Yeah. Uh, I think that would have been. I think that would have even been better. Like make but Samuel like, L. Jackson one. It would have been more interesting. So I'm for kind sure. of. So I'm kind of in your camp where like that's disappointing that he didn't take it and go. Here's essentially a blank slate because this movie doesn't really do many interesting things. You can go anywhere yeah, like, with it, Tim Burton, and then he makes a bland <laughs> and, and he didn't, like, he didn't know what to That's do disappointing. with, with yeah. the actors he works with most. Like Keaton was strange in that movie. DeVito, I feel like most of the first act of DeVito did not land at all because he was doing this big bombastic thing that didn't fit with what was happening on screen. It just it didn't land. And like he loves Eva Green, but he gets the worst performances out of Eva Rightfully Green. Rightfully so, because Eva, Eva Green's awesome. Eva Green's amazing. <laughs> and when you watch Eva Green performances that are not directed by Tim Burton, they are phenomenal. When you yeah. watch her in Tim Burton movies, she is the most normal, bland human being. I still alive. like. What's the movie we had? The movie where like on total opposite sides. Oh, Miss Peregrine's. I like that movie. I like that movie. All right, we're getting off the rails here. We're gonna keep moving on. Let's end on a positive knit. Let's end on a positive knit. Tell us about the Twilight Zone, Charlie. So because I published a lot of people, two reviews yeah, yesterday. Famous, you know, mind-bending sci-fi thriller anthology series. We're looking forward to the return. Mm. Is it good? It is wonderful. Yay. I wrote two reviews yesterday. One was for Dumbo. One was for Twilight Zone. Claw one that, was man. fantastic. One Claw was not so great. But, um, I mean, I think I went into it really high expectations because of I was just watching Us, and Jordan Peele has, within two movies, just become like the name of all names in entertainment. Like if Jordan Peele's name's on it, I will go. I will pay whatever to go see it. Yeah, the Peele verse is, is getting really and exciting. And Twilight Zone is so honest to the the original Twilight Zone, and Peele as the narrator in that Rod Serling role is fantastic. There's such a mysterious like aura around him when he talks. And so when he sits there in that suit and he kind of delivers that like, welcome to the Twilight Zone. He like, lifts his eyebrow a little bit and it's like, oh man, we are there. Like it is so, oh, so, excited. so good. And so we saw four episodes and like I said, every episode is different because it's an anthology series. What are you doing? <laughs> um, every episode's different. They're all different directors, different, uh, different writers, different actors, different stories. Um, and the first one that I watched was The Comedian, which was with uh, Camille Nanjiani. 
Um, who I also love. He's very, very good. Uh, that That's a really cool cautionary tale about giving yourself to others and, and what you put out into the world. Um, the other one that, that, that episode along with Nightmare at 30,000 Feet are gonna air first on April 1st when it comes out. And that one has Adam Scott and it's a remake of the William Shatner episode of the original Twilight Zone. Oh, cool. Um, and that was my favorite of the, of the segments, I think, was okay. uh, Nightmare at 30,000 Feet. It, Adam Scott is so, so good. Um, so they are gonna remake certain certainly, key episodes. Well, it's, it's so, so different from the original. Okay. Just a similar concept. In the original, Shatner sees a monster out on the wing of the plane and no one else can see it. And he kind of drives himself crazy oh, yeah. trying to convince everybody else that this monster's out there. Adam Scott does that in this one, but it's a uh, it's a podcast that he listens to that's basically telling him about this plane crash that's going to happen, or like it was from the past, but it's his flight that he's on. And so he starts driving himself crazy. That's cool. And, I'm so and trying to stop There's this Something thing. on the wing. And it's something. A big, it's a big cautionary tale about, you know, you, um, you know, what your decisions lead to and how... Um, how you think you're helping something and, and you're hurting it. And, All right, that's enough um, of a preview yeah, of the actual yeah, show. I'm, I'm Tell not going to say anything overall. about the other two. The other two are fans are of the original. Surprises. Tell me why fans of the original should love it and why people who never watched the original. Well, people who never watched it should love it because it's like, I mean, if you watch Black Mirror, this is so different from Black Mirror, but a similar concept. Like, it, it does a really good job of separating itself from Black Mirror and being something different, but it, it's very, there's, it, there's an elegant style to it and a really fun vibe to it but it's also it really makes you think and it's never like it's never a big twist that scares you or freaks you out but it really makes you think about like us it makes you think about your actions and and what you're doing and really really puts you in the place of the lead characters and and uh it's really immersive and for fans of the old show it it's this jordan people's the only person that was gonna be able to do this right and bring back serling in this way and, and he nailed it like it feels so authentic to the original Twilight Zone. All right, so Twilight Zone, Ooh, CBS yeah. All Access on Monday. Check it out. Dumbo in theaters this weekend if you want to. Uh, it's cute. If you have a four-year-old, go see it. Go all watch, right. Go watch Christopher Beyond Robin and I don't know. That'll take us to the end of this episode <laughs> of Comic Book Nation. But before we get out of here this week, we're going to read a new Yay! review. This review comes from Steph2Hs837, who says, A great podcast for nerdy noobs. Comic Book Nation has quick. Uh, oh, Comic Book Nation has quickest <laughs> become my favorite podcast. As a newly outed nerd, I came in with a big interest, but not a whole lot of knowledge. And after only one episode, I'm a big fan and a loyal listener. As a female, it's always hard for me to feel like I fit in talking about comics and superheroes. But this podcast is easy to follow, and I've picked up a lot without feeling dumb for not already knowing things. This is the podcast I wanted and the podcast I needed. We're like Batman, guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Steph837. If you hear us reading this review and you want to get a comic book t-shirt, we will send it your way. Hit us up on Instagram at comic book or on Twitter at comic, hashtag comic book nation. That'll do it for us. This is Comic Book Nation. If you want to subscribe and listen to the show, we drop new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com where you can find a subscription to our RSS feed. You can also subscribe on the following sites, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio. Still no Amazon Music. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> I knew it was coming. You can always find us <laughs> to continue the discussion by leaving comments on Comic Book or following us at the hashtag Comic Book Nation on Twitter. Or you could come and holler at us individually. You can find me at Kofi Outlaw, K-O-F-I Outlaw. Uh, Matt Mueller, CB. And I'm at Charlie Ridgely. All right, Easy. it's been fun talking with you guys. We hope to see you on the next episode. And for everybody riding with us, thank you for being here. This is Comic Book Nation. We'll see you next time. Deuce.